Welcome to Ecclesia Principles, a biblical strategy for believers to engage in God's design for government with Ray Eppard. Hello, glad you could join us again today. This week, we're talking about how Jesus builds his Ecclesia. Now, we, we spent some time yesterday reviewing what the Ecclesia is. And ultimately, to kind of summarize that, our English word church does not come from the Greek word Ecclesia. It comes from an entirely different word. And the Greek word Ecclesia is actually now an English word. And if you look up the definition of it, you will see that during the times of Jesus, the meaning of the word ecclesia, the primary meaning, is it was the name of the legislative body of the Greek city-states. Now, it did have, on occasion, a, a much lower meaning of a meeting. It, it had that concept, but it was way down here. It was not the primary understanding of the word ecclesia. Jesus said in uh, Matthew 16, we'll read verses 17 and 18. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. He said, Who do you say that I am? Peter said, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Flesh and blood hasn't shown you this, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. I will build my ecclesia. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The ecclesia, if you would, of that day, and in all honesty, the, uh, the Roman version of the ecclesia was known as the Sanhedrin. If you would, the Sanhedrin was modeled after the ecclesia. It was the local government. It was the government of the region, if you would. And then they had governors over top of several of those areas. And then Caesar was over all of it. Now, the ecclesia, if you would, the easiest way to put it is the ecclesia determined the culture of the area. It, it determined what was lawful, what was unlawful, uh, they, they could actually even declare war, in, especially in the uh, Greek city-states. The Sanhedrin, under Roman influence, didn't have that. They had uh, definite limitations. But the Greek city-states, they, they, the, they were the legislative body of those Greek city-states. They passed the rules. They passed the regulations. They passed the laws. And Jesus is saying that he's going to build his ecclesia. Now we know that this begins first with salvation, knowing that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and having that revelation, if you would. But that's only be the beginning, because Jesus says, I'm going to build my ecclesia. He's going to build it. So when we get born again, we become a part of it, but then it has to be built. It has to be developed. And to me, one of the, the best phrases for the term ecclesia 
is culture builders. Culture builders. In other words, Jesus was expecting his ecclesia to build a culture. And now he contrasts that. He says, and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, will not prevail against it. If you would, he's saying that his ecclesia will have one agenda and hell's ecclesia, hell's culture builders, and we have those. <laughs> Sometimes you can put names on them. Uh, hell has its culture builders, and he's saying that these two are not in alignment with each other, but the ecclesia of Jesus will prevail. The gates of hell, hell's ecclesia, those leaders at the gates that are working for hell, will not prevail over his ecclesia. Now, the bottom line is, unfortunately, Jesus' ecclesia has been too absent from the gate. We've not been showing up. We have not felt it was our responsibility to build a culture. Now, we finished up yesterday talking about the founding fathers, that they actually read the Bible differently. I, I realized that they read it differently than I did. They, um, because again, what causes the ecclesia to be built is an understanding of truth revealed by God. That's what Jesus said on this rock. He wasn't talking about Peter. We're not built on Peter, but we are built on the rock of revealed truth. The Holy Spirit, God the Father, revealing to us, illuminating to us, and seeing the reality and the truth of his word. That is what the ecclesia is built on. If you would, that is how Jesus is building his ecclesia. He is building it through revelation of his word, unveiling his word to his people. Now, at that point, the bottom line is that unfortunately, unlike the founding fathers, now they weren't perfect, but I want to tell you, they had a whole lot on us. They evidently studied the Bible to see what it had to say about government. Whereas today, we're like, oh, we're separation of church and state. No, no. If you would, there is no such thing as the separation of faith and state. Now, the First Amendment is really the separation of church and state. The state, Congress shall make no law establishing a religion, nor shall they make any law prohibiting the free exercise thereof. That is the separation of church and state. Unfortunately, right now, they are using the not establishing in order to prohibit the free exercise thereof. They, the, the civil government is currently tearing down the wall of separation of church and state by violating the First Amendment. They are violating it because ultimately the free exercise thereof, that they shall not prohibit the free exercise thereof. What that means is that they are not to restrict the exercise of religion in any realm. And they are doing that in a number of areas. And as a result of that, 
they are establishing a belief system. Now, our founding fathers, again, they studied the Bible differently. They studied the Word of God to see what God said about government. And then they began to institute that into their application to government. Uh, if you would, the statement was made by one of the founders that what was contained in the Declaration of Independence was more or less a compilation of what was preached in America's pulpits for the 15 years prior to the revelation, to the revolution. They had been preaching that. They had been talking about what God's word said about government. You know, when I first uh, began to realize, as I stated yesterday, I, I was listening to the declaration being read, and that's when I saw, you know, uh, they're reading the Bible differently than me. Uh, I'm, I'm reading it not looking for government. I'm reading it looking for everything but what God says about government because I thought it has nothing to do with it. And I thought, well, you know, I need to start looking for things. Now, here was probably one of the most uh, astonishing moments in my life since I got saved is at first when I thought, I'm going to start looking for it, and I thought, it'll be hard to find. It'll be hard to find anything in the Bible on government, anything that applies to government. It's going to be hard to find. And in reality, once I opened my eyes to actually looking for it, then I started realizing that it's everywhere. <laughs> it's all throughout the Bible. It's everywhere. And, and as a matter of fact, probably uh, close to two-thirds of the Bible, the actual chapters and so forth, probably close to two-thirds of the Bible, primarily, not every verse, but two-thirds of it primarily deals with God's Word and His instructions and His commands to nations for what they did or didn't do, and his judgments for what they did and didn't do. It is chocked full of statements from God about his opinion about governments and how nations function. And I thought, how in the world did I read the Bible for so long and not see this? It is everywhere. It's everywhere. How did I miss it? But you see, the thing of it is, because of largely what we've been taught, we ignore it. We're not looking for it. Our founding fathers looked for it. They saw it. They wanted to know what God said. And, and see, here's the thing. Romans 13.1, we heard a lot of this during COVID, uh, you know, that the government officials are God's ministers. Well, what, what about uh, 1 Timothy 3, 15, 16, 17? All scriptures given by inspiration of God, and so forth. And then he goes on and says, it is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Well, if a government official is a minister of God, then that would make that a good work. 
And if Scripture is given so that the people serving God can be thoroughly equipped, that would mean that the Word tells us what we need to know to have good government. But we're not studying it. And if you would, I would present to you that the reason that in our culture that the Ecclesia is not prevailing against the gates of hell is because we're not getting a revelation of God's word about government because we've not been looking for it. We've not been seeking it. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. You see, with this, we have, and, and you know, Hosea chapter 6 verse 4, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. God's culture builders are not being effective because we haven't been going to the Word to see what God says about government. We've got our opinions, we've got our thoughts, we've got how we think it should be, but we haven't submitted all of that to God. Now, and obviously, I'll just throw this in, we have to understand we're in a new covenant. You know, the old covenant was an eye for an eye. You know, John chapter 1, I believe it was verse 17, says grace and truth came through Jesus. So there is a New Testament application of these things that we have to keep in place. God bless you. We'll see you again tomorrow.